0: Welcome to Dr. Karen Health Talks. I'm Dr. Karen and this is part two in a series on mental health and your gut and today I'm going to talk about heartburn and reflux and mental health. I bet you never thought those things would all be said in the same sentence. (laughs) So my aim in this series is to Bring, shine a light on mental health and lifestyle factors can, that can support us with our mental health. This is not about diagnosis or treatment or I'm um, not a, a practicing mental health professional. I am a health coach and my job is to support you with the latest and greatest of nutritional science that can help you with lifestyle changes to support your goals I highly recommend you get support from a mental health professional if you're dealing with anxiety and depression. It's very important and also very, very helpful. And I hope some of these lifestyle tips that I provide today will help you think differently about how you eat and how you move and how that is affecting your mental and emotional health. So that is my goal. And today we're talking about reflux. And what is amazing about reflux and heartburn is that the uh, NIH estimate that one in five people actually suffer from reflux. What is that? It's when the, the barrier between the stomach and the esophagus, it has this esophageal sphincter, and you basically get reflux from the stomach up to the esophagus. The sphincter, if it's tight and competent, really protects that from happening, but when we have any dis order of the sphincter, and there's many causes for that that I'll talk about, then we can get that reflux from happening. And some people just brush off reflux. They say, oh, everybody has heartburn. But please think again. Acid reflux and mood disorders share a very close link. I'll repeat that. Acid reflux and mood disorders share a very close link. Researchers have found that anxiety and depression are significantly higher in people with GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, particularly those who also reported concerns of chest pain, interestingly. So unlike what we traditionally believe, I am going to shine a light on an understanding of reflux that you may not have heard about. We often think of acid reflux as being because of too much acid, and that's often how it's treated. But actually, it's caused by insufficient levels of stomach acid, and that's what I'm going to explain today. So many times, conventional treatments for acid reflux, like protein pump inhibitors, PPIs, that are designed to reduce stomach acid, and they do it very effectively, they can actually cause more problems long-term. They're only designed to be used one month out of a calendar year, but many people are on these ongoing. So let's have a look at some of the causes of reflux. So stress is the number one cause. And I really want to shine a light on this because this doesn't often get talked about. So when we're in a stress mode, we're in a sympathetic nervous system. It's part of our autonomic or automatic nervous system. There's the sympathetic and there's the parasympathetic. The sympathetic is the fight or flight. The parasympathetic is the rest and digest. We want to be in a rest and digest state when we're digesting food for obvious reasons. When we're in this high-level parasympathetic nervous system, it actually interrupts the neurological system of the stomach. So the stomach doesn't work properly. And it doesn't matter what pill you take, if you continue to be distressed, you've got to address that stress because stress reduces the amount of acid in your stomach. And when you have a reduced stomach acid... Your proteins do not get digested. Your minerals do not get absorbed. And then you have downstream effects of leaky gut and an imbalance of the microbiome, all of which affect your mood. So stomach acid is very important. Effective stomach acid is designed to make your stomach somewhat antimicrobial, so that you don't get an overgrowth of microbes in your stomach, which then can interfere with digestion. And this is one of the problems of people overtaking antacids and decreasing their stomach acid because we need stomach acid for proper digestion. So please seek out a mental health professional that can talk to you about stomach acid. And a lot of times this is a naturopath or an acupuncturist or an osteopathy doctor that can actually measure your stomach acid and give you good recommendations. My job is not to diagnose or treat, but just to shine a light on some different questions to ask. And stress is the number one cause of heartburn. Then the number two cause is anxiety. So what comes first, anxiety or heartburn? Because a lot of people with heartburn get anxiety and a lot of people with anxiety get heartburn. two are intricately related again because of this upregulation of the sympathetic nervous system and this decreases stomach emptying so when you're in the fight or flight response your stomach doesn't empty and the sphincter becomes more relaxed so then you get that reflux so they're right on top of the list is stress management and relaxation techniques Number three is poured food quality. So if you're eating a lot of processed food or a lot of refined food, that's interfering with the acidic stomach. And over use of antacids, we talked about that. Nutrient deficiency, a lot of people are magnesium deficient and magnesium is needed to stimulate stomach acid release. So you might want to take some magnesium, which also helps you sleep at night if you take it at nighttime. Uh, another cause is microbial biome imbalance so damage to the gut microbiome can manifest as anxiety and reflux at the same time and you know how much i love talking about the microbiome and then there's a thing called h pylori you've probably heard about that h pylori is a normal microbe that is in the stomach but it can get out of balance and it's actually one of the most common causes of heartburn And about 50% of the world's population has an overabundance of H. pylori. And what this does is it shuts down the production of acid just to, to ensure its own survivability because microbes don't like acid. So when you get an overgrowth of H. pylori in your stomach, then it can decrease acid so it can survive. And we need acid for proper digestion. Again, if we do not have proper digestion in the stomach and the small intestine, it puts the whole body out of balance. And we can't make our neurotransmitters, we can't make our hormones, the microbiome is imbalanced, and then the mood disorders begin. Do you know we make two liters of stomach acid a day? Isn't that amazing? But our stomach has this lining, this mucous lining that protects us from that acid. But this H. pylori is very cunning, and it can embed itself into that mucus lining, and it can decrease the lining and decrease the stomach acid. So it's very tricky. So you might want to talk to someone about whether you have that H. pylori in abundance. And one of the treatments in, in conventional medicine, they give you double antibiotics and acid blockers. But in functional medicine, they can actually use antimicrobial herbals and botanicals. There are many spices that are actually antimicrobial. A lot of Indian spices, one of our sugar buster groups, Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Indian spices, and I'm excited to add some of those to our kitchen repertoire. But oregano and garlic, cinnamon and basil and turmeric, they're all really good antimicrobial spices. So you can also get some vitamin C. Some of the studies have shown that around 500 milligrams of vitamin C a day helps with the stomach lining. So I'm here to tell you that there are huge downstream effects of low stomach acid. I know most of Western medicine talk about too much stomach acid, but in functional nutrition, we talk about too little stomach acid. Because when you have too little stomach acid, you have an inability to digest proteins and you can't absorb minerals. As I had said, you don't get a good secretion of pancreatic enzymes. You can get an increase in small bacterial overgrowth which is called SIBO. You can get an increase of H. pylori uh, and then you can get cascading symptoms down in the large intestine which affects your, your brain and your gut. So I really encourage you to consider your diet and exercise and your stress levels if you have heartburn and these are These are topics that are not often covered uh, in great detail because a lot of times we just head straight for the antibiotics and really wanting to get focused on the H. pylori accent, whereas just your food and anxiety and stress levels have all major contributors to this heartburn and this low stomach acid. So... If you're on a protein pump inhibitor or an antacid, this is not my job to tell you to go off, but you might want to talk to your doctor if there are opportunities to wean off PPIs because you want to do that very, very slowly and under medical supervision. Please do not do it yourself because you can get a rebound of reflux if you go off your PPIs in a hurry. And there are ways that doctors and health professionals can help you to potentially wean off your PPIs, but you want to do that under medical supervision. Please (laughs) do not do that on your own. So consider heartburn as a serious condition. Consider getting treatment for it and taking it very, very seriously because It has many downstream effects in your gut and your digestive system is intricately connected to your mental and emotional health. I hope you're enjoying my series on mental health and the gut and it's kind of opened your eyes to, to thinking about things in a different way and asking different questions because I want you to be an empowered patient, an empowered healthcare consumer and a lot of that is just asking the right questions and choosing a health professional that you trust and that listens to you and that you feel you are getting results from. So until next time when we will have part three of our mental health and the gut, this is Dr. Karen with Dr. Karen Health Talks.